Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. There's no trick to game seven. It's, you know, win or go home. It's just as simple as it gets. I think what we all have grown up playing in, in tournaments like that, where you just, you know, if you if you lose, you go home. I think there's no single better game to be a part of in sports. Uh, game sevens are unbelievably competitive. You're going to see the best from everybody on that court, on both teams. And uh, that's what you come out here to do, is, is to have moments like this, have opportunities to, to, to play in big moments. That's... Mike Conley talking about tonight's Game 7. And PK, you got to hope everybody's that engaged, that dialed in, because it's not what it felt like in the final quarter and a half of Game 5, and it's not what it felt like for the Jazz for big chunks of Game 6. Well, why should it? It wasn't Game 5, wasn't Game 7, and Game 6 wasn't Game 7. Listen to the words of Mike Conley Jr. Then everything will be fine because they'll be completely dialed in. And when they're completely dialed in, they're the better team. Are they? I give you games two, three, and four. Except Denver wasn't completely dialed in because it wasn't a game seven. Dang it. Flung I don't know that they're the better team in all sincerity. I cannot honestly say that without hesitation, without pause, without pondering. And I don't need to go to like a fourth adjective. I think you get the point. Or a noun or a verb, whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Adverb. Maybe a linking verb. Who knows? But the point is, that's why we're 3-3. Because I don't think I can, at least me anyway, can say definitively team a or b is better but i do believe that mike what he's saying here can draw upon his experience and more importantly the team can draw upon the leadership of mike conley this is what they brought him in for this is the very game that they brought him in for if you had one game to date that you brought in mike conley it's this game today this is the exact reason it sums it up why you brought him in and listening to him speak You know he's been there. He knows what he's talking about. So I think the other folks can draw off of that. Whereas Denver, running through their roster off the top of my head, I guess maybe Millsap uh, probably is uh, the most experienced. Unless I'm missing someone with that. Well, the thing thing they have is the two seven-game series that they played last year. And they... Well, obviously they won the first one and they lost the second one. So as a group, they have a couple game sevens under their belt. Okay, but I mean, so does... Gobert and Ingles. They, be the they guys. got him too. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell does not. This will be his first game seven. Conley's got three of them, but they lost right. them all. A couple were to the Thunder, and uh, one was to the Clippers. And then a couple of them were first round, and one of them was second round. So he's been there. Now can he break through and win one? Tip off tonight, 6 30 on ABC. Pre-game show at 5 30. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Our team, bubble life is different. You know, when when you are sort of on the ropes like that, down three to two, like you got to pack. <laughs> they have you pack and be ready for just in case you, you have to leave the next day. You know, so, you know, we, we, we not ready to go yet. You know, and our, our team... We have had a memorable season, uh, a lot of ups and downs and all that, and we just we just going to continue to fight. We wouldn't have it any other way. 
That's Chris Paul after he went for 28 points, seven boards, three assists, three steals, hit a couple of huge three-pointers late in the game. And Oklahoma City closes that game on a 12-3 run to come from behind in the final four minutes and win 104-100. Houston's offense came to a grinding halt under pressure there, PK. I thought after that big three by uh, Harden gets pressure and he was completely covered and just made it anyway against great defense. I thought, well, they're going to get this done, but it turns out they only scored one more time. Well, yeah, Westbrook looked like he was going to throw the game. If I was the NBA, I would check Vegas betting. (laughs) Last 90 (laughs) seconds, Westbrook had two turnovers, and he shot an air ball. And that air ball, uh, what was going on there, man? It was like uh, just above the free throw line, if I remember, right at it. Yeah, about an 18-footer. It might have been a little. two, two Two feet short. And Harden made a great play to uh, keep the ball in bounds. Uh, he's, I think he threw it off uh, Gallinari. If I yeah, he jumped. Correctly. He jumped over uh, the classic yeah. save, jumping over the baseline and flinging it off an opposing player's leg. But but to be able to do all that was a very athletic move. But yeah, the Harden did not touch the ball. Weber kept almost like screaming about, "Well, why isn't Harden getting the ball?" And Weber being an uh, analyst, obviously. And so yeah, and then retrospect clearly. I mean, D'Antoni's supposed to be this good coach, but why wasn't Harden involved more? I mean, he's a prolific offensive player uh, from the guard line. If you just go strictly guard and just I'm, I'm like the pure point guard now yeah. at Stockton to make the case. If you go pure guard, you know, he's probably the best guard offensively in the league and has been, but he didn't do anything. He didn't have the ball. It was crazy. It was, it was just uh, I didn't know what was going on there. But you got to give the Thunder a lot of credit, man. That's that's the way you rebuild. <laughs> Talk about rebuilding on the fly. Uh, that's a pretty good job that uh, Presti, their GM, has done to be able to be this competitive after losing so much talent over the years and still keep it uh, better than afloat. Um, I was impressed with the way, well, really the way both teams competed. It's what I would expect and. In NBA playoffs, even though they're in August, and we're getting that type of competition and that type of hustle and you know give your all situation. One hundred four, one hundred. Now we get a game seven tomorrow night between the Rockets and the Thunder. Over in the East, we had a bunch of short series, so they're into the second round already. Heat beat the Bucks. Jimmy Butler went for forty. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP, but he was struggling to score, and Butler was not. He was hitting everything, PK. He really was. I, I just don't see the Bucks as a team capable. I've been saying it for weeks now. And they've got Antetokounmpo's at the top. He didn't have a big game. But then the rest of the guys, with the potential exception outside of Middleton, Middleton it seems like they're just a bunch of average NBA guys. Yes, it's Cleveland 2007 all over again. And, and Middleton actually shot it really well. I mean, if you went in and said Middleton's going to average 28 points a game in this series, uh, and they wasted a hot shooting night from Brooke Lopez. He's not going to shoot. He's, I mean, he's really improved himself as a three-point shooter, but he's not going to make two-thirds of his three-pointers. Not Probably the not. Whole series. He's an okay player. Yeah. He belongs in the NBA, but I'm not – just going to run up and down that they got blo- uh, either of the Lopez's. Uh, it's, it's not like it's Raul Lopez. You know what I mean? Oh. Back no, in. Yeah, Felipe Lopez. You know, Evelyn Lopez. And she, she, she shattered moments. 
Celtics-Raptors playing today. Boston's already won one game in this series. That's on ESPN at 3.30 this afternoon, followed by the Jazz and the Nuggets at 6.30. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I look at it every day as really a competition, uh, obviously within the room, but also a competition, you know, for myself, uh, against myself, you know. I've always looked at it as every day I want to go out there and get better at something and try not to make the same mistake I made yesterday or the day before or so on and so forth. So for me, it's always looked at as a competition, whether you're, you know, playing behind Tom Brady every single day like I was last year or playing alongside, you know, Cam and Hoy this year. Whatever it may be, that's just kind of how I've always looked at it. That is the Patriots quarterback, Jared Stidham, right there, saying all the right things about competing with Cam Newton. No preseason games, PK. When you have a when you have a quarterback, at least theoretically, Derby, I, I expect Cam Newton's going to end up the starter, but no preseason games to watch, nothing to judge at all. Even if preseason games aren't all that, there's something, and right now we got nothing. Well, two things that uh, that's what I would want any individual, no matter what position he's playing in what sport. You're competing to be the starter, but you're also competing against yourself to be better. Those are two facts that are universal. And I don't think the preseason games matter in the least because the NFL has proven you can get off to real slow starts and still make the postseason. So they'll have plenty of opportunities to compete and show what they can do. I don't know how much they would play in the preseason anyway, how much Cam Newton would play with that situation. Maybe he would have played five quarters or a half. I'm not sure. But I do know that in the NFL, you don't have to get off to a rip-roaring start to get into the postseason. So Belichick will be able to figure it out. If anybody has proven himself in evaluating players, it's Bill Belichick. So I don't think he's over there sweating it too much. I mean, they got so many players that they have to find because they've let some guys go and then a bunch of their players have opted out. Uh, so he's got pressing needs that go well beyond the quarterback. Kansas City Chiefs reportedly signing Andy Reid and the GM, Brett Beach, to long-term extensions. They're going to be signed through 2025. And they got there in 2013, so that's an awfully good run in Kansas City. And that's the end of that contract. That's through 12 years then. Uh, yeah, obviously. That's, what, that's what Andy Reid does. I mean, he was there in Philly for a good long time, too. Uh, he's 62 years old. So what did you say through 25? That's five years from now. See where he's at. But obviously, yeah, he's done one of the best. He's, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, I don't think anybody can argue that. When you win this big at two different places, and what you did in Kansas City was probably, I can't maybe remember Philly. Kansas City's more fresh, fresher on my mind to realize that they were such a disaster to the point of a, a player taking his life in the parking lot and, uh, of the stadium there between the baseball stadium and the football stadium and how bad they were and how quickly, this is amazing how quickly Andy Reid got them to where they are and then they took it up or where they needed to be and then he took it up a little bit with the Mahomes obviously drafting and they are off and running so yes, he's going to end up being right there wouldn't you say I mean they've had some good coaches over the years uh, Schottenheimer and Reid and obviously way back when Hank Stram but he's going to be right there with anybody 
He in Philadelphia went to four straight conference titles in the fourth year they went to the Super Bowl. So he's got a big old pile of wins and some playoff success in Philly. And then you got another big old pile of wins in Kansas City and the ultimate success with the Super Bowl win in Kansas City. So I, I think he was probably going to be a Hall of Fame coach before they won the Super Bowl, but now he obviously is. I mean, that's that was yeah, the so, only thing missing on the resume, and you can get into so the Hall of Fame signed, that. signed, yeah, you can, obviously, and you should should be. Uh, you're signed for five more years. That puts him at 67. That gives him at least another five years where he can beat BYU's head coach. <laughs> Injuries piling up, even though there are no preseason games. Chargers defensive star, their safety, Derwin James, has surgery on his right knee. He's going to be out six to eight months. He was uh, hurt last year as well. So really well thought of talent out of Florida State, but out again. And the NFL has uh, got an investigation into the Washington football team over alleged sexual harassment. Is Dan Snyder going to lose that team or not? I guess we'll know more after the investigation's done. There's been all kinds of speculation, and you would think they'd get that out of the way before the season started if they were going to do it, and we're almost to the season, so. Yeah, I had a reporter from Washington contact me, and I tweeted back, I'm in, they've got my number. Ah, I see what you did there. Nice, that was well done. (laughs) PK, NFL owner. Go deep every play. <laughs> you had to get two or three billion lying around you're not using? Uh, man, I don't even think I have two or three hundred. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I think he's healthy, number one. Uh, I think that he had a great offseason. Not having to rehab or anything like that, I think it was a, able, he was able to just master his craft a little bit more and, and improve his game, and he worked really hard during the offseason. Just having that another year and, and more time under his belt and understanding the system, I think fall camp-wise, it was you know, this is his third fall camp. Instead of trying to establish himself as a player, now he's trying to compete, which is he's going to have to do every time. Compete and try to solidify his spot, but within the midst of doing that, he was able to work on his relationship his timing, iron out some things that, that he wanted to make become his strengths as a quarterback, and, and it showed. Every position is going to have to compete. We'll play the best guys, and he definitely earned it. Kalani Sataki on why Zach Wilson is number one on the depth chart at quarterback at BYU. Yeah, well, we obviously we knew that was coming. I think he's the best player. I think his health, I think what Kalani said there, is very important. I'm expecting him, particularly against this schedule, although maybe not as much against the other schedule, but even with the other schedule, I think he has all the talent in the world. I think he's a big-time player. People that I trust way more than anything that I can tell you, and that's that's where I get a lot of my stuff is people tell me stuff. I'm not an expert really in anything, uh, but people who are tell me about these things, and yeah, I think he's going to be a big-time player. So it's going to be a little harder, though, because his uh, best option at receiver, according to coaches on the record, uh, A-Rod in a Zoom call a couple weeks ago asked who looked good. He said, well, the easy answer is Matt Bushman. Of course. And Matt Bushman was carted off the field at the end of Cougars practice with what appears to be a season-ending leg injury. Multiple sources revealing that to our own Jake Hatch. He's got a little uh, got a little digital work on the side going, if you know what I mean, PK. A little podcast here, a little newsletter there. Actually, I think he has a little producing going on the side. 
<laughs> He's now nodding in the affirmative. <laughs> Just because it's a bigger paycheck doesn't mean it's the priority. Yeah, guys, I'll get back to you. Yeah, exactly. But you uh, you said out this morning, you said uh, family members confirmed the injury for you, and this was floating around, but nobody had it locked down last night. It's an Achilles injury. so Yeah, I've got extended family of his, very much extended, but I know folk, and that's all true. And, and I feel awful for the young man because, you know, he chose to come back, Chad Lewis's son-in-law, uh, and it's, it just sucks, man. We've seen this. Anytime this, and it seems like it happens, every program, somebody, it's like there's just like some dark cloud hovering over practice, and at any time it's just going to, like one of those uh, one of those pelicans, you know, they fly over the ocean, and they just swoop down into the water. It's so cool when you see it. Grab the see, fish. Yeah, and it's like they're, it's, it's above the every football college program, and they're just going to swoop down. It's going to hit somebody. And somebody's going to have a devastating injury. And now it looks like it's going to be Bushman's turn. And it just absolutely sucks. He's a great kid. You know, we've all interviewed him and all that stuff. And we hope he can come back and get himself in the NFL where he can make some money and, and go on and do what he do what he should be able to do. So there's been a lot of controversy about the Big Ten. Did they even take a vote? So now the Big Ten reveals that they voted 11-3. to to postpone the fall football season. Uh, that came out of two affidavits because uh, eight Nebraska players filed a lawsuit. So you go through discovery and all that. And so it was an 11-3 to vote. To uh, avoid discovery, they've released this. Oh, to avoid discovery. Yeah. Okay. So so we discover stuff to avoid discovery? Sure. Interesting. All right. Okay, fine. Uh, I think it was a no-brainer that two schools were Nebraska and Ohio State, and the third school is Iowa. Multiple sources tell ESPN. Yeah, I, I don't get it. You know, I get that you may have to stop the season for health reasons, and I'm all for health reasons, but I don't get why you had to make the decision two months before you played a game, nor do I get why you couldn't try it. And then if, if you can't go, you can't go. But why? And maybe that's, that's going to end up what it is. We hope not all of us, I would think anyway. Although, I, to, to me, there's a lot of national media, I mean, some regional voicing their opinions, telling us, no, they did the right thing, they can't play. It's almost like they're rooting for it. Can't tell me there's not a political agenda involved here. You don't think it's, uh, they've got sources and they're trying to make the sources look good so that they continue to get fed, so they continue to get fed information? Yeah, I mean, the sources in the beginning were coming out of the Big Ten. It's easy to figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. But But then after the decision was made, is that, well, they made the right decision. Why? How do you know that? That's my point. Maybe they did make the right decision, but we don't know that. That's the whole well, point. Why not give it, would, it a shot? It would be awesome if we had medical people on who were involved in this, and Yach has tried, but how's that going, Yach? Have you tried again? Yeah, we're still getting crickets on that front. I think somebody said something they weren't supposed to say. So they got shut down. be awesome to hear from medical people on that. Alabama coach Nick Saban led dozens of his football players and other athletes on a march to protest social injustice and recent incidents of police brutality against black men and women. The group marched the short distance Monday on the school's campus from the athletic facility to Foster Auditorium, where then-Governor George Wallace stood at the door in 1963 trying to block the entry of two black students. 
So is Nick Saban going to get politicized there in Alabama? Are people going to look at that and say, well, he's a football coach and he's recruiting athletes, so he has to do this? Or in a state that's very red, are people actually going to get mad at Nick Saban, who is pretty much everybody's hero? Well, there's a, there's a chunk of Alabama over there on one side of the state that's Auburn territory, but it's mostly I mean, Alabama fans. I mean, this is just my opinion. Anybody can have their own. I didn't really view it as that political. I viewed it as common sense. It was way more symbolic than actually anything. And it was a powerful form of symbolism, just watching them do that. I mean, I saw the clips. Probably everybody did. So I don't think it was disrespectful. You can't claim, oh, you're, dis- you're not uh, honoring the military. You're not this or that. It was just a march for uh, our brothers and sisters who happen to be black. I mean, you could do it for Hispanic. And, and Hispanics are close to my heart, too, uh, for, for, you know, obvious reasons. They don't get near enough run, in my opinion. Or it could have been for Native Americans, which are close to my heart, too, having grown up in Arizona. And who's going who's gonna to say, man, no, I don't want them to have that. I, I don't see it. So I thought it was a powerful, symbolic move. I, I personally had zero problem with it. But we don't live down there in Alabama either. So I wonder how it'll play there for you. I've been there. Does that work? I, have, I have not. That is one of the 13 states on my list. Got to get to all 50. I've been to Tuscaloosa. I've been on their campus. Yeah. You covered a BYU-Alabama game back there, right? I've covered basketball there. Oh? Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Utes had that home and home. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Marquez working with good pace here, delivers a 2-1 pitch that will send it to straightaway center field. It is high, it is deep, it is going to be just over the fence for a home run. Myers joins the homer party. He hits his ninth of the season. And a leadoff shot here in the fourth inning makes it 4-0 San Diego. Uh, you know, I can't get used to it. It's more than a month, PK. But, you know, someone hits a home run and the crowd should roar and... Instead, we've got, you know, Woo! Individual, yeah. individual voices, one person whistling. Well, I was watching that game on the uh, Colorado Network, and it was fun to see because those guys were crying. Oh, was, that game was on ESPN. You could have avoided those guys. I know. But, but you I, didn't want to because they were crying. He, he yeah, because they were the losing. Yeah. Nature. <laughs> so I wanted, to, I wanted to hear them whine. <laughs> I know it was on ESPN, but I, since the Padres were losing, I mean, excuse me, the Rockies were losing, I wanted to hear the Rockies. You know, that was a club that had problems hitting uh, home runs, and uh, that that hasn't been a problem for this team this year, whether they're home or away, and they were in yeah. Colorado. You're going to uh, have to stop series. living in the past, buddy. So all that <laughs> whining about the ballpark was really not the ballpark. It was just those guys sucked. Yeah. Well, these guys. Again, again, let's not live in the past with these guys. Okay? These guys, they got a ton of power hitters on this team. Yeah, and they also have the second best record in the National League. They just required an ace in Columbia. Yes. They're going to go to the postseason and be a dangerous out. And come on. As Clevenger said, uh, basically paraphrasing, who wouldn't want to go to San Diego? <laughs> That's the attitude we want to hear. Yeah, I mean, they're only trailing the Dodgers right now in winning yep. percentage in the league. In the league. What do you want? Better than the other division leaders. Although, it's kind of like three separate leagues now because you're not playing, so you can't just look at the record, you know, or... But I don't need to look at the record. I can look at the talent again. Don't look you're at not the talent. Holtz and just be negative all year about no, this. No, I'm not you? negative at all. I'm thoroughly Jeez. enjoying this. They took three out of four in that series. You all right. Earned, you haven't earned the right to enjoy it, but that's another story. Yes, I have. I got 
Just because I, again, just I checked past. out for the last five doesn't mean I haven't last suffered enough. The last 15. No, not 15. They've been were, a soccer boy. They were good then. Good they were man. good. They oh, made the playoffs since 2006. Oh, oh uh, <laughs> they had four straight winning seasons in the middle of that decade. Again, you're living in the past. No, that was when they were good last. Padres won that 6-0. The Yankees, who were the favorite in the American League, beaten by the Rays 7-1, and Tampa Bay has separated themselves, PK. Four-and-a-half game lead in the American League East, and they've won seven out of the eight against the Yankees head-to-head. And the question at the start was, can the Yankees bash their way to the World Series in a showdown with the Dodgers? And right now it doesn't look good. I mean, you still got the playoffs, and we'll see how it plays out. But there are multiple teams with better records than the Yankees right now. Just for uh, accuracy, accuracy's sake, if anyone is listening, they actually beat them five to three. But uh, they, they are very good. They got a great team. And now you both of you two are scrambling to look that up. But no, Yach's look looking at something else. <laughs> it wasn't seven one. It was five three. White Sox, Indians, uh, Athletics, all with better records than the Yankees right now. But it's a forgiving year. Eight teams are getting in the playoffs, so the Yankees still on track for that. All right, What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That is Shamrock Plumbing. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Game 7. What do you think? What are you expecting? How much hope do you have? What are the odds the Jazz are going to pull this off? We'll get to all of that Coming up, we've got the uh, one of the uh, hosts of the Altitude TV network, uh, works with the Denver Nuggets, coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, also, reporter from NBA Bleacher Report, Sean Hyken, is going to join us at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. It's DJ and PK on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.